He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward with you as always, and we have a huge show today. We're covering the elevated event coming up at the Travelers in Connecticut, and we also have the Corn Ferry right here in Oklahoma at Jimmy Austin. We'll be talking about all things Compliance Solutions Championship with Tyler Woodward, who is the general manager out at Jimmy Austin Golf Club in Norman, Oklahoma. We'll talk to him later in the show. But fellas, let's just shoot the breeze here for this first segment because we have some other things in the world of golf that we haven't really gotten to. One interesting story that has come out over the past couple of days, and by the way, we still haven't heard anything from Yasser. We still haven't heard anything from Tiger. So this story is pretty interesting. It's like a 1B story. Do you guys think that Sergio Garcia should be a Hall of Famer. Obviously, yes, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But the real question is, will Sergio Garcia, when he turns 45 in 2025, where I guess he would be on the ballot for the 2026 World Golf Hall of Fame induction, do you think that Sergio Garcia, who is the greatest Ryder Cupper of all time, fellas, he has won 31 times around the world. Do you think that this guy has a chance of getting in the Hall of Fame considering who is voting on it, which is the same golf powers that we always talk about on the PGA Tour side in 2025? Sergio Garcia came out this week and said, He's not so sure that he's going to get in when he turns 45, T-Dub. I couldn't believe that when I heard it. There's no universe where Sergio Garcia should not be in the World Golf Hall of Fame. It would be an absolute travesty. If it happened, I remember last year when Liv first started, oh, Brandel Chambly talked about removing Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson from the World Golf Hall of Fame. And I said, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you're going to let your politics get into a Hall of Fame situation? I don't agree with it whatsoever, like, as all the things you just mentioned earlier, Sam, yeah, he, he definitely earned the right to be in that elite group of category of the best players and the best influencers that the that the game of golf has ever had. But yeah, Woody, there, there's no doubt in my mind Sergio's a Hall of Famer. They may do a situation sort of like they've done with an Eddie Sutton, who's from around here with the College Basketball Hall of Fame, where they don't let him in for political reasons, and they'll probably let him in eventually at some point. I not, haven't been familiar with that situation in a little bit. But nevertheless, Woody, they, they may prolong it a little bit, which would be a shame, but there's no doubt that Sergio should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I agree, guys. I, unless there's a category where you don't get selected because you're a turd, uh, I don't see how there's any way he does not get in or should not get in. Uh, his record speaks for itself, especially the other two that look like they're going to go in with him are Justin Rose and Adam Scott. And if you look at their records, they're pretty close. They're almost identical, okay? so Let's talk about Adam Scott real quick. He has 29 worldwide wins, obviously won the Masters. Sergio has 31 worldwide wins and obviously won the Masters. But the difference in the two is that Sergio literally has 28.5 points at the Ryder Cup. Well, true, but Adam Scott doesn't get to play in the Ryder Cup. I understand, but uh, I'm just saying that Sergio's record technically is better. Oh, hey, Sam, I'm not arguing with you. I'm I'm just telling you that if Eddie Sutton couldn't get in the basketball Hall of Fame, college basketball Hall of Fame, for the longest time because he had a drinking problem, and the way they hated Liv, the only thing Sergio's got going for him is in two years, this whole Liv thing might be gone, guys. It, it might have they might emerge. We don't have Liv, and we don't we sure don't have the same animosity, which we already saw that last week at the U.S. Open. It was like all of a sudden everybody was kumbaya, uh, you know, and, and I was like, wow, how do you how do you throw the rocks that have been thrown? And then everybody goes, yeah, well, uh, and then I think back to what my old buddy Sam always says, follow the money. 
money soothes everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you look at the money these players are making now, it'll soothe a lot of issues when somebody wants to call somebody else a turd. I mean, it, it, it's amazing how much that's changed. The one thing I don't want to happen to golf is the same thing, T-Dub, that happened to baseball. I don't want our Hall of Fame, the World Golf Hall of Fame, to just have asterisks by people, or I also don't want you know people just not to get in, considering like guys like Barry Bonds with the steroid era. These guys weren't cheating, T-Dub. They went to play for a different tour. It's not like... Sergio Garcia's all 31 of his wins he was using steroids no he went to go play for live later on in his career but my point is in my opinion Barry Bonds should still be in the baseball hall of fame and it makes the baseball hall of fame a joke and I don't want the world golf hall of fame to turn into that well the baseball hall of fame is a good analogy because like I said there's people on the fence on if someone who used steroids should be in the hall of fame or if they shouldn't well, at the end of the day, steroid was a cheating endeavor. These guys didn't cheat. It's not like we're we're not arguing right now. Patrick Reed should be in the Hall of Fame. We're arguing about if a guy who went to a to a different tour. It's not the World PGA Tour Hall of Fame. It's the World Golf Hall of Fame, which is what we've been saying this whole time. It's more about golf than it is the PGA Tour. But everyone has been so distracted by the politics of the last year and a half that they they look at the PGA Tour as the PGA Tour represents golf, and and golf is so much bigger than the PGA Tour. It's not even funny. So. So, no, I feel like that we're going to be talking more about this as we go on, Woody. And in all honesty, I would probably be pretty shocked, unless there is the merger does finalize by then, which there is a good chance that it does. If the world of golf stays the same as it is now, I would be pretty shocked if Sergio got in on his first try. Oh, he'd have to. And and the last thing we want to do is compare golf to baseball because baseball was, is such a debacle. And that's the reason why golf passed it is it's such a debacle because not only the steroid issues, so they keep curtailing out because of political issues, okay? You know, come on. That, 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 we're talking about uh, playing a sport, okay? And, and even when Barry Bonds was cheating with the steroids, were steroids actually illegal? There's people that say they were. There's people that say they weren't. So we, we get into political. Let's, let's hope, gentlemen, let's hope, by all means, let's hope that we don't get into that with golf because it's not about politics. It's not about the drugs necessarily, even though we know that those are illegal now. It's about how were they at their sport. And with Sergio, Good gosh, how do you not put him in? That'd be like saying we didn't want to put Seve Ballesteros in. Uh, what? You know, if Seve had gone to live. I mean, uh, Seve's got a lot more majors than Sergio, but it's the same kind of situation. You can't leave any one of those three out of the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. You're exactly right. The point is you can't put Adam Scott and Justin Rose, who both probably are deserving, but you can't put those yeah. guys in and not Sergio. And the other thing, T-Dub, to kind of wrap this up, is Phil's already in. So, like, how do you keep yeah. the new guys that went to live out? I mean, you can't just retroactively <laughs> knock Phil Mickelson out of the out of the Hall of Fame. And so let's use common sense here, uh, something that is you hard to come by. You can Brandel Is Brandel Is Brandel in the World Golf Hall of Fame? No, and if that would be a travesty <laughs> if he got in the World Golf Hall of Fame. I'd give I up golf. Checking. If he gets in the World Hall of Fame, I'm going to sound like Traber. If he gets in the World <laughs> Golf Hall of Fame, I'm done with golf. I'm taking up pickleball. Okay, okay, for for the way that people want to criticize not letting Sergio in, if you want to somehow pick through his career and say that he's not deserving of a player, you would be an idiot for doing that. But at the same time, if you want to bring that argument instead of the fact that he went to live, okay, I'll understand it. And Sergio got up to highest number two in the world. The only reason he did is because Tiger Woods was playing at that time. And then the other two guys, Justin Rose and Adam Scott, also got up to number one in the world during their careers. There's only been 25 players who have ever been ranked world number one in the world. I feel like if you ever get to that category, you should probably be in the World Golf Hall of Fame, and all three of those guys at their point play good enough golf to be at that spot. Yeah. Well, and, and this, this really is a mute point what we're arguing about. The only thing we're arguing about is how big of dummies could they possibly be is what we're arguing about. I don't think even as stupid as the PGA Tour has been lately, and as dumb as the World Golf Hall of Fame could possibly be, if you leave the, that guy out, now you got to reevaluate in a big way. 
No doubt about it, fellas. I know that that was an interesting story that came up over the last couple days that I hadn't thought about. I was like, obviously, Sergio's going to be in the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame has nothing to do with the PGA Tour or Liv. It's the World Golf Hall of Fame, like T-Dub said. So that will be an interesting story to follow here in the next couple of years. T-Dub, one interesting story that came out yesterday was that the PGA Tour, quote, at a player meeting scheduled for later today, this tweet was coming from yesterday, it says at a player meeting scheduled for later today, the PGA Tour plans to reassure players that they remain in control of the league following their agreement with the PIF. <sighs> Where have you heard this before, T-Dub? This was exactly what they did uh, when the news came out. It's interesting to me that we have not heard a word from Yasser. We have not heard a word from Tiger Woods. But for some reason, Jimmy Dunn, Monaghan, when he was healthy, hope he's getting healthy. And, you know, the powers that be with the PGA Tour continue to want so badly to convince everybody that they're in control. It just seems like the more that they try to convince people that they're in control kind of is proving to me that obviously they're not. Because why would you be so dead set on trying to convince everybody that you're in control when you are, right? I mean, wouldn't that just come out eventually? You would, yeah, the, this story is a, a, a nothing, in my opinion. I, I'm not going to listen to anything. And maybe if we have some news that comes from out of it, of the meeting that happened yesterday, so be it. But no, this this is all just political BS stuff of them trying to say who's in control. With, and there's just so many uncertainties. As you mentioned, the Austin and Tiger haven't spoken yet, and that's really not shocking to me whatsoever. And so, what he just so many uncertainties here. This is not a shocking move by the PGA Tour at all, but anyone who's listening and thinking that that, that what they're trying to say is the case, good luck to you. Oh, I, I totally agree with both you guys on this one. This is a uh, – I'm like Sam. They just should be quiet. Don't Please don't embarrass yourself by coming back now and trying to keep telling the players they're in charge. The only time I'll believe the players are actually in charge, guys, is when somebody like a Tiger Woods becomes commissioner. Uh, up until – you have a former tour player as the commissioner. And even then, I'm going to still question because I think all of us are on the same page. Yasser is in control right now. And anybody that doesn't think so, that is your opinion. That's fine. You can have that opinion. But if you look at the – what do they always say? If you follow the little traces, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's Yasser. He's in control, and he's the kind of guy that's in control that's perfect for it because he's quiet. Those are the guys you worry about, the ones that are quiet. It's not the guy that's up there beating the drum saying, yeah, we got our players are still in charge. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's that guy that's really quiet. That's the guy you want to worry about, and that's Yasser right now. Yeah, we don't need to turn this into a whole, you know, live – PGA Tour discussion. The PGA Tour obviously got caught with their pants down and now are trying to do everything PR-wise to say that, no, 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 we're okay. But what have I been saying from the beginning, guys? Follow the money. And what do they say, guys? The buck stops here. The buck stops with Yasser because he's the one cutting the checks, T-Dub. Those are my final thoughts on this. Obviously, the players have been so upset over the last couple of weeks that the PJ Tour is going to do everything they can to try to make them feel better. So, like I said, not a shocking deal at all. But in all honesty, in, even the outside people, I don't blame them so much. But the, the PJ Tour players don't believe this stuff. And that's what makes it so ridiculous to me. So, yeah, it's a, at this point, it's just a PR non-issue thing. No doubt about it, fellas. Let's totally go ahead. agree. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all agree on both of those topics right there. Let's go ahead and hit a break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Definitely go hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, you need to because it's absolutely free and it just helps us out and it will give you a notification whenever we drop new episodes. I'm sure that we'll be talking to a Corn Ferry player next week, which will be extremely interesting getting their thoughts on the Compliance Solutions Championship at Jimmy Austin. Speaking of the Compliance Solutions Championship at Jimmy Austin, Tyler Woodward, 
the general manager out at Jimmy Austin will be coming on the show right after the break here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast. Hey everyone, T-Dub here. I want to take a second to tell you about my good friends at McCray Roofing. Not too long ago, my roof was in desperate need of repair. There was extensive hail damage and I had many leaks that needed attention. Not only did Jeff and his staff build me a new roof, but they walked me through step-by-step of the claims process, which is something that I was very, very concerned about. Everything from the initial inspection of the roof to analyze all the damage to meeting with the insurance adjuster to make sure they were aware of every damaged area, making sure my claim was accurate. Their custom copper creations are truly beautiful and add a great touch to any roof. Not only do they do residential roofs, but they have an elite list of commercial customers, including Gallardia Country Club, Oak Tree National, and Bass Pro Shops. Check out their website at McCrayRoofing.com to view some of their work yourself and give them a call at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. We're back here on the other side of the break on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Speaking of golf in the state of Oklahoma, the Corn Ferry Tour is coming to Jimmy Austin starting tomorrow. And you guys need to go out and support the Compliance Solutions Championship and In honor of the Compliance Solutions Championship, we're going to have the general manager of Jimmy Austin on right now, Tyler Woodward. Tyler, thank you for coming on. I know it's an extremely busy week for you guys at Jimmy Austin. Number one, just tell me your initial thoughts on, you know, hosting a Corn Ferry event for the first time and tell me everything that has gone into that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, thanks so much for having me on. yeah, we're we're right right in the middle of it. We we got pro am times going off as we speak, um, but it's been it's been an absolute overall great experience. Um, the Amera Sports Team, who's our host organization, you know Rob Addington has has done an incredible job, and, and he's he's a pleasure to work with and his staff uh, as well. But you know, I, I'd say the biggest thing is you know we knew we knew there's a lot of moving parts. It's a big puzzle, uh, especially with a, a new new tour stop and a uh, bunch of semis and a bunch of deliveries. But overall, it's been it's been great. Uh, the golf course, I can't can't speak highly enough of my superintendent Cody Elwood and his staff uh, for you know it's been it's been well documented across the country, especially you know the central United States with winter kill and and all these different you know challenges outside of just a normal winter uh, in the on the agronomy side. And uh, the golf course looks incredible. Uh, it's going to play super long at seventy five hundred yards. Um, you know the rough is the rough has been topped at two and a half, and and it's gonna you know it's gonna go a lot further from there. Um, so you, you know overall couldn't be couldn't be more pleased. A lot of a lot of really great feedback from the players. Um, Fifteen players from the state of Oklahoma, um, eight being Sooners. Uh, I believe there's four Oklahoma State Cowboys, and then the the rest from UCO or Oklahoma Oklahoma City or Oklahoma Christian. Um, so. You know, for the state of Oklahoma, that's what that's what the goal was all along. Let's bring professional golf to Oklahoma on a full time basis, uh, and then the support of having those you know in state local guys uh, just makes it that much sweeter. You brought it up there, Tyler. I've been seeing a lot of pictures over the last week or two, and the course just looks like it's in immaculate shape. As detailed, you guys have been putting in so much hard work in there to make sure that it looks good. What type of player do you think will succeed at at, at Jimmy Austin this week? Is it going to be more of a bomber's paradise? Is it going to be the guy that obviously every week you have to be able to make putts? But what style of game do you think will will have the best chance? Yeah, and I do. I think it's it's going to be a combination of both. Um, you know, the guys that obviously with the seventy five hundred yardage um, length is going to be is going to come into play a lot. Um, but but just like anything else, you know, with the rough being that good thick Oklahoma Bermuda rough, it's going to be a priority to to hit those fairways and stay in the closely known areas. Um, putting. Obviously, it goes without saying. In, in in this in this world, if you if you can't putt, then uh, then you become a club pro. Um, and I say that with a lot of love and respect because that's my industry. But ultimately, at the end of the day, some of these guys that are going to come out here, you know, the feedback, like I said, has been, man, we actually get to play a real golf course, a place that requires us to be precise and requires us to to hit greens and and par is going to be their friends on a lot of holes. Uh, with the forecast for the week. Um, you know, it's changing a little bit, but, you know, like we said, heat index, heat index, heat index, they're going to see 
a lot of temperatures out here this week of, you know, 90 true temps and, and getting close to 100 with the heat index. Uh, the wind's going to blow. Um, we're seeing somewhere in the ballpark of, you know, 10 to 15 for Thursday and Friday um, with gusts of 20. And then some, some of the weekend looks like it could be 18 to 20 with gusts higher than that. So, um, you know, June in Oklahoma, that's what we expect. Being, being a, you know, home, homegrown Okie myself, uh, you know, whenever we have events come in, we saw it at the regional last month, the wind never blew. Uh, we got a bunch of rain in May. Uh, the greens were soft and, and guys were able to, to make some birdies. Um, you know, this week's going to be a little bit different in my opinion. And I'm, you know, I've said it from the beginning and, and the staff, the, the court director staff is probably annoyed of hearing it, but they agree. Let's make this place hard. Let's make it a 12 to 15 is our winning score. Um, not the, the 25 and above. And, and we'll see, we'll see what year one, if we're successful to do that. Well, I think you will be TJ. I really do. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. It doesn't have anything to do with corn fairy. Cause I think our listeners would love to hear this. I remember 15 years ago, you made a phone call to me. Would you mind telling our listeners what that phone call to me was about? Now, well, I got to eat crow. I got to eat yeah, crow, dude. You, you better, you better believe it. It's, it. it is. It's, it's, you know, we'll go, we'll go even further back from that. Uh, okay. Walking out on the range at Gallardia, and I was out hitting, you know, peppering some range balls in high school. And, you know, my, my dear uncle goes, you chose baseball over golf, and I'll never forget that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, go back to there and, and saying, man, you should be hitting, you know, should be playing golf for instead of that baseball. But, you know, fast forward, get, get, uh, call, call you and say, hey, you know anybody at Jimmy Austin? This would have been 2004. I'm looking for, for just a part time job, something to, something to do. Uh, and, and you knew the pro at the time, and, and we're kind enough to give him a call, and I get hired on as guest services. Fast forward two more years, I've I decided, you know what? I'm going to call my uncle Jim. Unc, I think I want to be a golf pro. And and the quote was, "Can't you find anything else to do in life?" Uh, and I said, <laughs> "Well, I, I get that. I get that." And he said, "Be prepared to starve, but if you're a good player and you work hard, you're going to be successful." And uh, you know, I, I've said it on on multiple interviews here in the last month or so, as leading up to this event. And that question comes up a bunch. What's what's your history? What how how'd you land at Jimmy Austin and I jokingly say I, I got here 20 years ago and I haven't left. Um, and I've been very fortunate with the, with the leadership at the university and with the leadership here at the club uh, to go through all the ranks from guest services outside, picking the range uh, to working, you know, answering the phone and working in the shop as an OU student to becoming one of the assistant pros to the first assistant to the tournament director to the head pro for 12 years. And then coming up on two years as the GM, very blessed to be here. Um, and, you know, I've, I've got some pretty awesome mentors in my life, and, and, and Jim, you, you've always been one of them, especially in this industry. That's really good stuff. Obviously, you've been at Jimmy Austin for a long time, which means that you've seen the growth of Jimmy Austin and been a part of that growth of Jimmy Austin over the last, you know, 20 years and, and even going back farther than that. Jimmy Austin was not what it is today. And now I think that Jimmy Austin is considered, you know, in the same category with a Karsten Creek or a Cedar Ridge or, you know, Oak Tree, all the big courses in Oklahoma, Southern Hills. Because you guys have put so much time and effort into this golf course, the world-class facilities you have, not only for the players at OU, but for you know your members as well. Just speak about how you guys got from where Jimmy Austin was, which was a run-of-the-mill college course, to a world-class facility like you have now. Yeah, no, and then you're spot on. You know, uh, 1996. Um, there was kind of started it all with, with the Austin family stepping up in, in so many big ways. And, and that was, that's when irrigation first came on this facility. And a lot of people laugh whenever I tell them that, cause it's hard to believe seeing it now and thinking, you know, 1996 is not that long ago. Um, and, and, you know, this, this was a Naval air base. Uh, this was an officer's club and, you know, there's, there's stories of cracks being so wide in the fairways that you'd lose golf balls right down the middle. And, and so to see, you know, and, and, and obviously, Thinking back and respecting the past of what this place was, I mean, it's a Perry Maxwell. It's, it has the bones of, of one of the greatest architects in the history of the game, uh, especially in the central United States. So, so having having that kind of foundation to start on, um, we have again. I can speak so so highly of our leadership and, and, and the vision of, of the university saying, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it to the OU standard, um, and, and that's that's what's been so great about it. 
the last the last 10 to 15 years have been crucial um, and we've had some large donors step up in so many ways we're getting ready to break ground on on a whole new facility um, redoing the the Charlie Cove facility down for the men's and women's golf team and then building them a whole new training center as well um, so as, as I as I commonly say just wait um, there's more to come uh, we're, we're excited about that this is just you know this is just the beginning um, our membership has grown so much obviously with with our club and and one thing that that I still enjoy and, and love about this place is and, and you know we'll, we'll continue to to go this route is we offer four unaccompanied times per day um, and a lot of clubs the access is not there um, now whenever whenever you think about 16 players today a day that doesn't seem like all that much but a decent amount of groups I mean people are calling seven days in advance to book them and that's that's when we sell them we book them over the phone and it's incredible you know they're calling at 705 in the morning and we open at seven. Uh, and so tell, tell people all the time we, we, the access is there, but you've just got to plan a little bit more ahead. Um, and it is it's a member based club at this point and, and our membership, we, you know, is, is, is grown and, and, and we've got a great crew of people out. Tyler, along with the, the course growth that you've seen during your time there, you've also seen the growth of the University of Oklahoma golf team, especially since uh, Coach Ryan Hibble has taken over. So just take us through what you've seen from being a, um, very hands-on with, with that program being the GM there. And just let us know just kind of how you've seen the last decade or so fold over with that team. Yeah, well, and, and you know, I can't, can't speak highly enough of Hib. Um, you know, he's he's come in, um, and, and the program was. You know, we, we, won, we won a Big 12 in, in 2006 on the back of – uh, you know what, what you would think the back of Anthony Kim. He didn't actually play that well at at the Big Twelve, but he was obviously the leader of that team. Um, and it was it was it was small highs and a lot of long lows. Um, and so Ryan came in um, and and you know Joe Piglione gave him a shot. He he didn't necessarily have the resume at the time. Um, you know as as an All American from Georgia and playing professionally and. And got in a little bit into the coaching before, but but for a, a big name program uh, or a big name school like the University of Oklahoma, you know, obviously Josie saw something in him, and and I think I can attribute a lot to what he saw in him. Is is Ryan Hibble is he's a football coach um, in the body of a golf coach. Uh, his dad obviously was a football coach. Obviously Nate with the Rose Bowl MVP uh, was a football player. But Ryan, Ryan coaches differently, um, and, and if you're around him at all, and I know you guys have been, you see that and you, you recognize that from the beginning, that he has, he has a process and a standard to how what he expects, and, and that, that includes himself and his assistant coach and, and everyone else involved in the program. Um, so seeing, seeing what he's been able to accomplish uh, in the last 14 years, I mean, it's, you, you can't say you know golf in Oklahoma without thinking about the Sooners at this point, and that's that's something to be proud of for us. Um, you know, we, we've always been, been deemed a football school, um, but it's, it sure is nice seeing, seeing our, our men's golf program up towards the top uh, year in, year out and, and, and bringing home trophies. And we didn't, we didn't get it quite done this year, uh, but, but, you know, reload for next year and, and we'll be right back in, in contention again. Well, you still won a big 12 championship this year. So let's that's not right. say you that's had right. a bad year. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. And you got, you got a pretty damn good softball, women's softball team, too. Because, nope. uh, you know, I hate to even admit this to Tyler, you guys, but uh, the other day I, I I pulled one of my tricks and was able to have him find some hats that were unavailable for my uh, two stepsons and, uh, and he got me one, and uh, yeah. I would have thought I'd never put one on, but I have actually been wearing that. So I've still got a lot of orange in my blood, but it, it, it does it does excite me that you're a part of a program that is really on the fast track, and that, that has a lot to do with Hibble. So my question to you on this, because you said there's eight Sooners and four Cowboys, that speaks volumes right there, guys. That means that there's actually more Sooners working their way to the PGA Tour now than there were Cowboys. And that's, that's unheard of in our generation, in my generation. So can one of the eight or the four win this golf tournament this week? You know, and, and that's, that's a question that's been, been asked to me a couple of times this week. Um, you know, I think, I think we all know as, as golfers that um, the home course advantage, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge help. Um, and, and, and I'd be, I'd be, you know, telling, not, not telling you the truth. If I, if that wasn't part of, you know, the lead up to this, I started the conversation with the PGA tour about 10 years ago. Uh, 
and, and trying to work towards what is tomorrow morning. And that, that is going to be special. I, I plan to plan to be down at the first tee, uh, you know, taking some photos and some videos of the first ball flying in the air and thinking, okay, here we are a decade's worth of work. And it's taken a lot of, a lot of people involved, but getting to that point, but having those OU Sooners and, and honestly having those OSU Cowboys and having the other players from Oklahoma, I mean, that, that makes it all worth it. Uh, I think, I think they have, a great shot. Um, you know, Chris Goderup is, is, you know, national player of the year from last year. He's in the field this week. Patrick Welch just, just graduating had a great finish at Wichita last week. Um, knows his golf course better than anybody. Um, Logan McAllister has been, been playing really, really well. Um, Hayden Wood just went through the Monday qualifier at the territory and shot six under. So I think, I think the advantage comes from the knowledge of bent grass greens, um, the knowledge of this location, but then also just the knowledge of like, hey, the wind's going to play tough and it's going to be hot. And so making, you know, making those choices and making those pars when people might try to grind and, and go for something that they don't need to, I think that's going to lead to to helping out our, our 15 Okies. Uh, and some of those are transplant Okies and Rian Gibson. He's not from Oklahoma, but we'll, we'll take him. Uh, but, you know, and, and you do, you have a lot of people in the field. Boo Weekly is here this week. Um, you know, the, a Ryder Cup winner um and a winner on the big pga tour um camila vajegas is here this week so it's fun to see a lot of those names and obviously with their careers um you know the goal is not to be on the corn Ferry tour for long but it's, it's great to see a lot of these young guys coming up and see some of some of the vets uh that you know martin flores is another ou guy one of the eight i was talking to him in the parking lot yesterday in the players lot and I said, Martin, how you feeling? He said, man, I've, I've, I've been struggling with, with injuries and I finally feel right. Uh, and he's, and he's seen some success on the course so far this season. And, and, it, uh, you know, he, he even said, it's nice to be back home. The guy lives in Frisco, but it's nice to be back home. Um, so I think, I think that can lead to a lot of great things. Uh, I, I have high hopes for one of the 15 to, to, to be hoisting the trophy on Sunday. Uh, it'll just make the, the story that much sweeter that, you know, a lot of those guys got their start in the state of Oklahoma, and this could be the start uh, of their PGA Tour career if they get a win here. Yeah, that's well said there, Tyler. Yeah, you're exactly right. Looking through some of these names, Sean O'Hare, just, it's like a blast yeah. from the past with some of these guys, but you also have uh, you know, guys that we know like Rian Gibson, Josh Creel, obviously the OU and OSU guys, but you also have the top two through five on PGA Tour U that are in here, which means you know the national champion Fred Biondi, Ricky Castillo from Florida also. He won last week on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, you know, you can right. go through this list of guys, William Mao. But my point is, people need to go out and support it. And that's the last thing I have for you, Tyler, is if people out there don't have tickets already, how can they get tickets and go out to Jimmy Austin and have a good weekend? You bet. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. So if you go to compliancesolutionschampionship.com, tickets are still for sale, obviously. Uh, and they're, and they're very affordable day tickets and week long tickets, uh, Thursday through Sunday. Um, the other option is all of our parking is at Lloyd Noble Center and we'll, we'll be shuttling everybody over every 10 minutes. So super convenient for, uh, for getting on the grounds and they, they will sell tickets at the gate. Um, so either option, um, you know, I got a, got a little, little selfless plug here. The golf shop is open. We've got some great merchandise, some great gear, uh, for sale. So come check that out as well. Not just OU gear, but Jimmy Austin gear as well. Uh, but come out, support it. Uh, be watching a bunch of the social medias from the university, obviously from the compliance solutions social media and then the Jimmy Austin social media, because we'll be updating a lot of stuff and, and we'll be cheering hard for our Okies this weekend. No doubt about it. That's Tyler Woodward, general manager out at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. Tyler, thank you again for taking the time today. You bet, boys. Have a great day. Big, big thank you again to Tyler Woodward, the general manager out at Jimmy Austin, for helping us preview the Compliance Solutions Championship. Definitely go get tickets and go out and have a great weekend watching some Corn Ferry golf. Guys, we talked a lot about the OU and OSU and Oak Tree golfers in this tournament. Let's start off with the OU guys, fellas. You got Quade Cummins, obviously one-third of the Burley boys. Then you have Martin Flores. Michael Gellerman, Chris Goderup, Grant Hirschman, Logan McAllister, Charlie Saxon, and Patrick Welch 
on the OU side. And then Hayden Wood, like he said, Monday qualified at the territory, which means he will be in the field this week. Hayden Wood played for Oklahoma State. Other Oklahoma State guys in this tournament, you'll have Kevin Doherty, Chris Ventura, who was on that great national championship team. Zach Boshu, who was on that great national championship team. And you might, if you're not in Oklahoma and don't know Zach Boshu, he was the guy that Victor Hovland caddied for after winning the Memorial. Uh, And then you have two more guys from Oklahoma State. You got Bo Van Pelt and Brendan Jelly. And then you also have... Uh, Rian Gibson from Oak Tree. You have Josh Creel from Oak Tree. And then Matthew Braley also uh, qualified in that Monday qualifier. He is from the Tulsa area and played his college golf at Grand Canyon University, T-Dub. That's a lot of big names from around here. I think that you asked the question to Tyler, do the Oklahoma guys have a good chance to win this golf tournament? I think that they have a pretty good chance. That's a lot of accolades in, in one group of guys. I 100% agree. I think the the home crowd is going to be also behind all the players, too, so I think that'll motivate them to do well as well. Yeah, I'm very excited for how this is going to play out. Out of all those guys you mentioned, Chris Goddard is the favorite out of the Oklahoma guys. He's the fifth analytic guy behind uh, Alejandro Tosi is the favorite with a 3.6% chance to win, so we'll be looking out. For him, he, I believe I actually picked him in a DraftKings for uh, the Mexico Open. He did pretty well, so shout out to him for that. And yeah, some of the other guys are kind of in the, the 20 to 30 range down there. So, But, but it's a pretty loaded field. You have a, a lot of guys who played some elite college golf. Ricky Castillo just won on the Corn Ferry Tour as well. He's playing this week. You have Parker Cootie, Pearson Cootie are playing. Cole Hammer from all those good players from Texas. William Mao is in the field. A guy that I play with, Brandon Hagee, who can hit the ball 400 yards. Is playing so there's there's an abundance of good golf that is going to be played this week, Woody. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Well, I think what our listeners need to do. I, first off, I'd tell everybody go down there because the difference between this guys these guys playing and like say going to the PGA Championship is not that much. It's amazing, guys, how fine a line it takes between being a corn fairy and a PGA Tour player. So I think. If people go down there, this is called the minor leagues of golf, but it's only the minor leagues simply because they're just getting started. Every one of these guys is a really good golfer. They wouldn't be in the field. So I challenge our listeners, go down there and watch this, because I think they'll be pleasantly surprised at the level of golf they're going to see. These guys are all really good players, and odds are one of them you're going to watch this week will be a PGA Tour winner very soon so just bear that in mind when you're going down to watch this yeah there's no doubt about it looking through this list of guys even sam saunders paul barjan who we saw last week at the u.s open philip knowles you got uh philip barbary in this golf tournament curtis luck who won a usam i mean there is talent littered everywhere in this field t-dub and uh like what he just said the Corn Ferry Tour is how you get to the PGA Tour, and you're going to see a lot of these names, not even the ones that we're talking about that we already know, um, but there's young guys in this golf tournament that are going to be stars on the PGA Tour, and it would be a cool story when you go out there and watch these guys out of Jimmy Austin and say, I saw him before he was a star, right? Yeah, it'd be pretty cool to say, to say that for sure, and I'm very interested to see how the course is going to play this week. looks like the weather be pretty good. It's going to be extremely hot, so the ball is going to fly forever. The court's going to be 7,500 yards, as Tyler said. It's not going to play overly extremely long just with how far these guys can hit the ball now and with that heat as well. And it looks like the wind, from what I've seen, will be around 15 on some days. And then some days it can will have, I think, Saturday I saw that could be gusts up to 25 to 30. So it'll be interesting to see that as well. But I don't know, Woody. I, I think that's the thing that I'm most excited for. And that's what I'm trying to figure out here. Can we watch this? Like, is this on? Is this on? going to be on the Golf Channel? I don't know about that. I'm trying to figure that out now. But uh, I don't know. I'm really excited to see how this all plays out, Woody. I think this golf course is going to surprise a lot of people. You know, Tyler was saying that it, he thinks it'll be 10 to 12. If that rough two and a half inches deep and, and the wind gets to blowing, I don't see the scores being that low, guys, because this is a very difficult golf course, and especially if the rough is deep. Um, I know these guys are talented, but I, I'd be surprised if the wind blows that this gets to double digits. If it does, if these kids can go out there and shoot 10 to 12 to 15 under, 
I say it again, you just don't realize how talented they are. Because if they can do that, they're more than ready to be a tour player. I'll just say that much. No doubt, Woody. It's going to be a great week out at Jimmy Austin. Speaking of tour players, let's go ahead and dive into our Travelers preview. And this year's Travelers looks a little different because it is an elevated event, big-time field at the Travelers this week. You got Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Rory McIlroy are your top five favorites. Pretty much any big name on the PGA Tour is playing this week. Up in Connecticut, T-Dub, the question I ask you every single week, does the winner come out of those five guys? Well, my one-and-done pick is not going to be in the top five guys because I've used almost everyone this year, so I sure hope that that's not the case. I I will say about this course, it traditionally favors guys that hit the ball fairly straight. It's not a course that you necessarily have to overpower, so I think that will bring a few more guys back into it. And then you have the effect, Woody, of it being – a week after the U.S. Open, guys, guys having to fly cross-country to go to an elevated event. The timing of the elevated event, I'm probably going to question here, but you, that also has to play a factor, especially at the U.S. Open, which is traditionally the biggest grind fest in the world. So you have to question how many guys have enough mental stamina to be able to come back the very next week and compete on a high level. Well, I, I think you'll see a lot of those guys start off kind of slow. They'll still be in that hangover from the Open. But I think by the time the weekend's over, I, I actually do. I believe that one of those five that you mentioned will win this golf tournament. I, I, I know Patrick Cantley loves this golf tournament. And this was one that I played on tour that I, I really like this River Highlands golf course. It's, it's got a bunch of different types of shot patterns. Par threes are really good. Uh, so I do look for those guys to have a little hangover, but you'd be surprised. They play, a lot of them play this golf course so well that they can almost play it with half a brain, if you know what I'm seeing there, and still play and be competitive. Fellas, I think that the winner does not come out of those top five. I'm just playing the odds here because this field is unbelievable. I know that Data Golf gives Scotty Scheffler about a 15% chance to win this tournament. Honestly, how could you not after the way you see him hit the ball every single week? Now, eventually he's going to start making putts, so I kind of agree with the analytics on that part. But at the same time, there's other guys in this tournament like a Victor Hovlander, Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau. You can go on down the list of guys that are playing solid right now, like a Ricky Fowler or a Tommy Fleetwood. Um, But my winner is not any of those guys. I am going off the radar a little bit this week, and I'm really hoping more than thinking with my head here, fellas, because like T-Dub, I have used all pretty much all of my good players for the one and done, but I do have one guy off the radar that I really, really like this week. I'll tell you who it is in a second, but T-Dub, we've seen the Travelers every single year, but we haven't seen this good of a field at the Travelers before at TPC River Highlands. What type of player normally succeeds at TPC River Highlands? It generally favors guys that hit the ball fairly straight. So it's not, like I was saying earlier, it's not a course that you necessarily have to overpower. You look at the guys that have won it the last few years. Bubba Watson, man, actually won this tournament three times. You don't look at him as being the straightest, but Bubba was one of those people to where if he just got on a course that he liked, he was going to win. If he got on a course he didn't like, he was going to miss the cut. That's how it it worked for him. Shoffley won it last year. Harris English won it a couple years ago. That was the infamous eight-hole playoff with Kramer Hickok that went on forever. Seemed like Dustin Johnson won back here. So a lot of guys that have won here recently will not be in the field for live reasons. Jordan Spieth won back here. That's when he holed out of the bunker against Daniel Berger in the playoff. Like the likes of a Kevin Strillman, Ken Duke have won here. Frederick Jakobsen won here. Kenny Perry won here. So so that kind of goes to your point of how this field is going to be really a lot deeper than this, this course has really ever seen. I really do like this course. It, it's a pretty cool little venue. TBC courses generally aren't my favorite, and I, but I do feel like this is the one of the more underrated ones. Everyone looks at Sawgrass, Scottsdale, all those courses. But I feel like this one is a little undervalued. The, uh, was it the 14th or 15th hole? That's a drivable par four. I think it's one of the best short par fours in that they play on the PGA Tour. So that's the thing I'm looking at for what he's just seeing how these great players play this course that not, that traditionally hasn't gotten the abundance of great players like it has this week. I think that, that one stretch hold you're just talking about where you play 15 is a drivable par four, 16th, a really good par three. 17 is a really good par four dog legs around the lake. So this is a kind of a course for horses. 
Uh, I mentioned Cantley. He always seems to play good here. I, I really question, though, and I hope they don't do this in the coming next year and the year after. I don't really like one of these elevated events after a major. I, I, I just I think that really, even though the field's strong, it dilutes it a little bit because these world-class players, they're, they're going to be tired. I don't care who they or what they say. They're going to be tired, especially when you're flying back across the country. That's a three-hour time change. Now, it's not like going across to Europe and stuff like that where you have jet lag, but after an open, a three-hour time change, there's just a lot of things going on, which makes this tournament, guys, really hard to pick. I like where you guys are going away from that top five. The only reason why I'm staying with that top five is one of the guys that's in that top five I think is going to win the golf tournament. So I don't know. It's a very viewed – this tournament is viewed very well on television. For some reason, this this gets a lot of good ratings as far as television goes, just kind of like the waste management. I understand the waste management. It leads up before the Super Bowls in the winter. This dead of summer where people got a lot going on, but it's it's usually a tournament a lot of people watch because it's a great golf course. I think that's why they watch it. A lot of excitement on this golf course, and I think we'll see it again this year. No, you make a lot of great points there, Woody. I think one other reason that it's well-viewed is because people just watch the U.S. Open and are fired up to watch golf after the U.S. Open. Um, fellas, the Travelers is really our last elevated event because obviously the Open Championship is elevated and then you have the three playoff events that are obviously elevated. So of the tournaments that were not big deals last year that turned into elevated events this year, this Travelers is the last one. So T-Dub, my question is, before we get to our picks... What were your thoughts on the elevated events this year, like the Wells Fargo becoming elevated, the Travelers becoming elevated, other tournaments like Bay Hill or the Genesis Invitational, all those, you know, elevated this year in the waste management. Uh, Did you like how the elevated schedule ended up working? Oh, absolutely. I think the elevated events have been a major success for the PGA Tour. And the reasons that they came about, we all know why they happen, and they've been Really good. I am worried about the future of the elevated events. We're going to limited field, no cuts going forward. At least that's what they've talked about, at least going for a vast majority of them. And from a player's standpoint, I don't agree with it at all. But you look at some of the guys that are at the bottom of this field, and you could say, all right, I could probably deal with an elevated event not having some of these guys. So I don't think it may be as bad as we're saying. The no cut thing is, is going to be the worst part of it all because there's really no incentive to do it. And that was what made the PGA Tour stand out versus the competition. So, but no, overall, it's been a, a great success, Woody. I think what's kind of funny is that if you look at all the elevated events that happened this year, the one that we'd probably all agree that was the most lackadaisical was the Wells Fargo with the Wyndham Clark Zaner Shawflake coming down the stretch. And Clark just kind of ran away with it. But you look at it, and that's what led to him winning the U.S. Open. So it actually had a huge impact. So overall, Woody, I would give it, I'd give the, the elevated events an A, potentially an A plus, because I think they've been a major success. Oh, I think they've been a major success. There's two things that we did realize. These elevated events did did two things. One is is that it about broke the PGA Tour, which made them, go, I think, sit down with live. Uh, we didn't know that when they did that, but little did we know, they didn't have that kind of money to be thrown around. They did it on a knee jerk. So when you knee jerk something, sometimes they fail miserably. The other thing I'll tell you guys, I wouldn't be a bit surprised in 2024 that they get off of what they said in 2023. I think you're going to see more than 70 players, and I think you're going to have cuts. I, I do not think they will go to this 70 and no cuts. I think they were going to do that simply to keep guys from going to live. That looks like it's a non-issue now unless the Department of Justice changes all this. So The more we learn, they might have been doing it, Woody, to you know make the purses not quite as big. Well, and I like I said, Sam, I just don't think you're going to see 70 and no cut. I, 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 and I'm, that's a bold prediction, guys, and I'm probably wrong. But I just don't – I never did like the no cut, and I think they were doing that. Again, that was as a competition against Liv. I think we're going to see something different in 2024. That's, again, I'm going out on a limb there, but I don't think they'll stick with the 70 and no cuts. I think that's going to get reevaluated and changed in some way. And one of the reasons why I feel that is Tiger never liked the no cut. He has been, from the very start, he has said, I don't like this idea. 
Jack Nicholas. A lot of the older players that have always played PGA Tour events with a cut, the cut has always been something that is really important. So I don't think they're going to do that. I, I really don't. I think that will be changed in 2024. Yeah, it's pretty funny Tiger didn't like it considering his own tournament, the Hero World Challenge, was limited field, no cut. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> anyways, uh, I loved it this year, fellas. I thought it was awesome for the golf fan because if you didn't have a bias against Liv, then that meant that literally every single week we had big-time golf to watch, whether – it was an elevated event, and when we didn't have an elevated event, we had a live event, and when we didn't have either of those, we had a major. And so it, I thought it was awesome stuff to watch throughout the year. Woody, to your point, I think that they probably will stick with the limited field no-cut event if live stands on its own going into the future. Now, if you bring the live guys in, how do you choose the 70? I think that you're probably right, that you'd see more than 70 next year if the live guys are included in that. Uh, but I guess that is yet to be seen. Um, fellas, let's go ahead and make our picks for the Travelers this week at TPC River Highlands. T-Dub, as far as the one and done goes, I think I have a secret. I don't know if other people in our one-and-done pool are smart enough to realize this, but I am going with the guy that finished tied for eighth last week at the U.S. Open. He's been injured, but he's getting that confidence back. You talk about some guys being tired after the U.S. Open. I think that last week was definitely the confidence boost that Harris English needed, and he gained over two and a half shots on the greens last week, on bent grass greens. I absolutely love that as far as him headed to TPC River Highlands. And let's not forget that in 2021, Harris English won the Travelers Championship. And there's going to be a lot of players in this field this week that have never played at the Travelers before because it was the week after the U.S. Open. A lot of the bigger names took off that week. And so T-Dub... I am going with prior course history this week over recent form, but good thing for me, Harris English finished tied for eighth last week at a major championship, has won here before. Last year, he finished tied for 19th. He loves this place, and in, what, 10 starts, he's gained over a full shot on the greens in six different events at the Travelers. That is big-time stuff to me, so I'm going with Harris English to not only be my one-and-done pick this week, I'm going with Harris English to win the golf tournament. Well, when you said T8 at the U.S. Open, I had I thought that we were going to have the same pick because there's only two players that finished T8, and unfortunately, I am going with the other one of that group. Give me, today is his birthday, June 21st. It's old Tom Kim's 21st birthday. He can finally buy a beer, guys. He's been on the PGA Tour for two years, and now he can finally buy a beer. So congratulations to him. I think this is a course that sets up perfect for him. It's, as I've mentioned numerous times, this is a very dependent on driver accuracy, which is what he is known for. Four out of the last five weeks, he's gained strokes, gained approach with his irons. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. So I don't know, Woody. I, I'm pretty high on my Tom Kim pick. Very similar to Sam, even though I'm running out of guys. Not only is he my one-and-done pick, he is my pick to win the tournament. I agree with both of you. I think you got two really solid picks. I don't have my list of one and done in front of me. Not that it matters because I'm not in the one and done. But uh, I look for Kevin Strelman to have a good week. So if I was in the one and done, I'd pick it. But I love the Harris English pick. Uh, I really do. I just uh, – I, I I think the guy that's going to win the golf tournament, though, guys, is Patrick Cantley. That was the one I think is going to be – I just think he's going to have one of those weeks where he just does everything right, and it's not a major. So I think he's going to be the guy that wins the golf tournament. But I like Kevin Streelman this week. Let's see if I'm just nuts. Kevin Streelman, I mean, he's won here before. He finished uh, second uh, in 2020. Now, his recent form is not great. Tied for 49th no. at the U.S. Open, missed the cut at the Memorial, but he did finish top 10 at Colonial. So, Woody, maybe you're on to something with that. Prior course history, speaking of that, T-Dub, does it worry you at all with Tom Kim that he's never played here before? Oh, a little bit, but not not necessarily, no. Mm -hmm. I feel like that a lot of the horses for courses in this place, as I mentioned, Bubba Watson used to play this course so well. Paul Casey used to play this course so well. Dustin Johnson won here before. So there's a lot of guys that have played here well. 
in the past that have. But I, I do think there is a little bit of course history that go in there. For example, Brian Harmon, four out of the last five years, has finished in the top eight. So I think that that's probably a solid pick this week. Xander Schauffele won last week. You mentioned Patrick Cantlay the last five years in this tournament. 13th, 13th, 11th, 15th, 15th. Very consistent on that. And the analytics are really high on Russell Henley. Three out of the last five years, he's finished inside the top 30. So they, they really like him for some reason. You look at someone like a Max Homa. He's played this course. He's played this tournament four times and has never made the cut. And especially after he played last week, I'm a very, very heavy fade on Max Homa. And then even like a Rory McIlroy, who's notorious for his Sunday collapses, the four times he's played here is 19th, 11th, 12th, and 17th. So I do think you need to look at a little bit of course history, but I think overall, Sam, it's just how your game reflects on the course. That's why I'm really high on Tompkins. Hey, I got a question for both you guys. Is Justin Thomas playing this week? Yes, Justin Thomas is playing this week. Um, I'll be curious to see when is he going to ride his ship. And that <laughs> that's going to be interesting to watch what he shoots this week. I always like watching a guy that's struggling because I want to know when is he going to find something that he goes, oh, wow, I got this back again. Because with each week that goes by and you play badly, it it starts to wear on you guys. I, I mean, it, it really does. There's, you know, we talk about scar tissue in golf. Uh, there, there's a lot more of than people think because that six inches between your head is is so critical to playing great golf. Justin Thomas needs to do something good soon. If he doesn't, it's going to get ugly. TW, you can back this up. He's having his worst putting year on the PGA Tour since his rookie year in 2012. And I don't think he's going to find it this week, considering at the Travelers, the last three times he's played at TPC River Highlands, T-Dub, he's lost over two and a half shots on the greens, two shots on the greens, and then lost a full shot on the greens the last three times that he's teed it up at TPC River Highlands. I don't know if that's a good thing uh, for Justin Thomas, considering how bad he's been putting recently. Well, you stole the words right out of my mouth. It was literally word for word what I was going to say. He's played here eight times. He has he finished third here in 2016, but other than that, his best finish is 30th. So, no, I am I am so such a fade on Justin Thomas this week. It is unbelievable. It will be interesting well, to see how some of those guys, you know, like a Wyndham Clark or Ricky Fowler or even Rory McIlroy, guys that were in contention last week, play this week. And it's also going to be interesting to see guys like Hideki Matsuyama who have been on tour forever and never played the Travelers. I'm, I'm really excited to watch it this week, Woody. Oh, I think, I think the elevated events, just what we were talking about earlier, the elevated events have changed golf in a great way. I think it was a great idea. I think it was a knee jerk. I've said that. I'll go to my grave saying it. But I love what has come from it because golf every week, guys, has been pretty doggone good. When you throw live and you throw elevated events, as a golfer, this has been a great season in 2023. And anybody that wouldn't say that is really biased really biased no doubt and the last thing we talked about it on our last show if one of those guys on the bubble like a tony finau or a justin thomas you know you could even throw ricky fowler in there on the bubble for the Ryder cup team for the u.s it's going to be interesting to see because if one of those guys were to win an elevated event, and this is really their last chance if it's not you know, going to be the Open Championship or one of those playoff events, they can throw a huge wrench into things similar to what Wyndham Clark did, right, T-Dub? Well, absolutely, and they could. you could have a situation like Sahiti Gala. He almost won this tournament last year. This is where he was in the fairway bunker, and he hit the lip, and it came back. I believe he had a one-shot lead going into that hole. So, yeah, there's a – let's just say he goes out and wins, right? And then that throws a, a wrench into this whole deal because you think you look at him or someone – even just anyone down in the top that's below the top, or like a Kurt Kitayama, what if he comes out and wins? I think that or your Harris English pick, Sam, he's, he's sitting 15th. Yeah, there's a lot of wrenches that could be thrown in this deal for sure, but if one of those other guys, the, the Finau or the Fowler, who right now on the line of getting in, or Justin Thomas is also right there on the line, if he can start playing a little bit better. So, yeah, these, these next few weeks for those few guys are going to be very, very, very pivotal. I think that's going to be the most fun to watch now. That's what we need to watch. In the next couple of months, guys, that's going to be the storyline. Who is going to make that team? You want to be the captain. It's the biggest honor in the world to be a captain for a Ryder Cup team. 
But then again, it's also one of the most stressful jobs there is coming into that choice that Zach Johnson's going to make. It'll be, let's just say this, if he happens to pick the wrong guy and they go to Paris and lose, he's going to look really bad, really bad. He's going to look like Hal Sutton did when he was the, uh, the captain. It's going to be great to watch. That wraps it up for us today, fellas. For Jim Woodward and Taylor Williams, this has been Sam Humphreys on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Go get all of your local golf news from Kim McLeod and Chris Swafford doing a great job up at Golf Oklahoma. They will be covering the Compliance Solutions Championship this week. You are not going to want to miss that. You can also catch us at thesportsanimal.com and the Sports Animal podcast page as well. And then on social media, we are at the 73rd Hole on Twitter and at 73rd Hole on Instagram. We will be back next week recapping the Compliance Solutions Championship and the Travelers Championship and getting you ready for the Open Championship coming up here in a couple weeks. Fellas, thank you. This has been the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.